It is not anyone else's job but yours to make sure that you're staying fed. It is not your pastor's job. It is not your husband's job. It is not your mom's job or your family's job, your kid's job. It's nobody else's job but yourself to make sure that you're continuing to feed yourself meat. As we grow in Christ and as we mature, if you wanna mature and grow, you have to move on from that stage of being spoon fed. Welcome to Speak Life Podcast with Lex. I'm so glad that you stopped in. And this is a safe place where we talk about all the things from daily life struggles to topics that nobody wants to talk about. And today, we're going to dive right in. So I wanted to talk about, or I wanted to call this, You Glow Girl. And most of us know that in the word it says that we're meant to be salt and light in the world. And as I was reading about that in the word in Matthew, I bumped into something that was so interesting on one of the footnotes. And I'm going to read it to you here in a minute. But if you're called to be salt and light, common sense would say, okay, so light shines bright in the darkness, right? And so I got this picture of like a bulb that's just hanging there, you know, like in those industrial type interior design places, you'll see like a bulb hanging and it's just the bulb by itself. And then you'll see like a picture of it shining bright in a room and it lighting the path for you to be able to see. And so that's what I think about when I think about us being a light in the darkness, being salt and light in the world. And so one of the verses, it says, so I'm going to read Matthew 5, 13 through 14. It says, your lives are like salt among the people. But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Which I think that's so funny because as an ethnic person, I love me some flavor and salt in my food. And I married someone of a different ethnicity. My husband is white. And one of the things that we had to, I had to teach him in the marriage is how to flavor food especially with salt, because he would literally just grab a little bit of pinch of salt. And when you hear a recipe say a pinch of salt in a savory dish, that is not enough salt. So he would take the salt and he would pinch it and then he would like sprinkle a little bit from his finger. And I'm like, that is not enough. Or like not even just with salt, with other seasonings, he would just do like a little bit. And I'm like, babe, that is not gonna season that whole chicken breast. Like we need some more flavor on that or that thing's going to be bland just like it says here we can't be bland and so I would show him I'm like this is how we do it this is how black and Puerto Ricans do it we pick up the thing and we do it like this until we feel like our heart's desire is done literally until we feel like it's done we just like and it's so funny because he'd be like oh my gosh that's too much but then when the dish is done it would taste so good and it would be the furthest thing from bland and so every time I read this verse this part I think of that so but if you like salt become bland how can your saltiness be restored and so it says flavorless salt is good for nothing that's why so I love hearing that because that literally is like the image not love hearing it from a standpoint of like I want to be bland because we don't want to be bland that's the whole point of this verse so it says flavorless salt is good for nothing and then when you hit the footnote here in the passion translation it says or salt that has lost its flavor is foolish which you make sense that makes sense when you hear that it's foolish so if you are 
uh, unsalty <laughs> and you're bland, you're foolish. And so it says both Greek and Aramaic use a word that can mean either good for nothing or foolish. If salt that has lost its flavor is foolish, then salt that keeps its flavor is wise. And we want to be wise women of God, right? We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be good for nothing. And so it says rabbinical literature equates salt with wisdom. So when he's saying that we need to be salt and light, we need to walk in wisdom. And it says, after speaking of salt, Jesus speaks of lighting a lamp. And this is where the two tie in together. And I never understood or realized that until I read this note and I was like, oh my goodness. And it just kind of clicked. And I hope that it clicks for you too. And that's why he says to be salt and light in the world. And so it says, after speaking of salt, Jesus speaks of lighting a lamp. It was a common practice in the time of Jesus to put salt on the wick of a lamp to increase its brightness. So salt and light go hand in hand and salt is used to increase the brightness of a lamp. Back in the day, they had to use, you know, candles and glasses and stuff to put the the fire in for it to burn for hours. And so they had to sprinkle a little bit of salt for it to increase its brightness to light up the darkness that they were in because they didn't have lights like we do now. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, that is so profound. So the salt of wisdom, so I'm going to read that other part again. It was a common practice in the time of Jesus to put salt on the wick of a lamp to increase its brightness. The salt of wisdom will make our lights shine even brighter. So when you walk in wisdom and not the foolish things, the good for nothing things, then you, you walk in wisdom and that's going to make your light shine even brighter to the point that the people around you, where God has placed you to be, your sphere of influence, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, how are you this young, but you're walking in such wisdom at your age? How are you this young or how are you this in this specific place, environment, but you're still shining bright? You still have hope. You still have this understanding. And then that is the perfect way to open up and point them to Christ. And then another verse that I didn't end up writing down said, talks about how a city on a hill cannot be hidden because a city that's on a hill, you see all the lights and all the things that's on that hill and you can recognize it because it's up high. And it's the same thing with this light that God wants us to be. And so let me finish this before I even get to that thought. So the salt of wisdom will make our lights shine even brighter is how that footnote ends. And then the verse says, flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. And I'm like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. So it says your lives light up the world for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? Like I was just saying about the city for your lives light up the world your life lights up the world and you can choose to continue to walk in that light and glow girl, or you can choose to allow things, circumstances, people to dim your light and to unflavor your salt, which then makes us good for nothing. And I know that I know that you don't want to be good for nothing, stagnant, just sitting up in your house, not knowing your purpose when you are the light of the world. And he says it, he says it in his word. So it says, your lives light up the world for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And here's another, oh, the note just refers back to a different verse. 
Then it goes on to say, and who would light up a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place or under a basket? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So we're not meant to hide our light and to keep it to ourselves. We're meant to glow so that people can see that light in our lives. And then we're able to share your story, share whatever God's put on your heart, help instill faith and empower other women to chase after the things of God. Like there's so much more. And when I hear that, it doesn't sound scary. It sounds exciting. I'm like, oh my goodness, you want to use my life, my marriage, my, my family, the things that I'm walking in, the things that I'm overcoming to help others through their thing as well by shining bright. And so that's why I called this glow. Like, that's why I want to tell you, you need to glow, girl. And in a minute, I want to give you some tips on how to glow. Like, how do you continue to remain bright? How do you not let your light dim out by the things and the circumstances that we're in, the daily struggles that we experience in life? So don't hide your light. And here's another uh, note. It says the Aramaic word for light, nura, is often used as a metaphor for teachings that bring enlightenment and revelation into the hearts of men. Light can also represent the presence of God, the light of his countenance. Jesus is the light of God within us. So let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your father in heaven. So I just thought that that was so profound when and to give us better understanding of salt and light how salt and light is you walking in wisdom at no matter what age you're in because when you ask for the wisdom of God then he's going to give you an understanding of things that most people may not understand and so when you walk in that it makes your light shine even brighter so how do you get to the place of glowing and to stay glowing stay in the state of glowing getting in the presence of God, just like I just read. When you spend time with God, it's going to show and it's going to make you shine even brighter and even set you apart from your peers. Because when you spend that time with God and you get to that place of knowing his voice and obeying him and doing the things that he's asking you to do, it's going to show in your life. And there's a glow about it. And so think about Moses. When he came off of that mountain after spending time with God in his presence, he had a glow. He had, he had a residue to show that he was in the presence of God. And you could tell with other peoples in your life who's spending time in the word, who's spending time within the presence of God. You could tell by the residue, the fruit that's following their life. So number one is to spend time in the presence of God. What does that look like? Maybe you don't really know what that means. Spending time in the presence of God is taking some time out of your day to dedicate to God. So here's a practical image. It's saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to set 30 minutes of my time in the morning, at night, in the afternoon. It does not have to be a religious thing where it has to be every single day at 9 a.m. And if I don't reach it at 9 a.m., then I'm unholy. No, that is a religious mindset. It is taking some time out of your day what that works for you to set up a date with God, with Jesus. Like imagine him on the other side of the table. He's waiting for you. You said, okay, I'm going to set 30 minutes aside and I'm going to meet with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you want me to do throughout the day or the next day. I want to hear what you want me to do throughout the week. Did you know that each and every one of us, we have a book that's laid out for us 
and you can find it in Psalms. And I always end up referring to things that I wasn't planning on thinking of talking about. And so I don't have the exact reference or the exact verse, but it talks about how each and every one of us, we have a book and each page is each day that we're here on earth and what we're meant to fulfill. So one of the prayers that I pray every day for my life and for my family's life is, Lord, I want to fulfill everything that's on that page according to what it says in Psalms. Everything that's on that page in my book, I want to fulfill today. Help me to fulfill that. And then it looks like you just talking to God. And then as he reveals some things that you need to maybe repent or ask forgiveness for or forgive others, those things start to to come up. But I always start with thanking God, coming into his courts with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this beautiful day that I get to have another moment of life in. I thank you that my family is healthy and strong. I thank you that I have a head over a, a hedge of protection over my family and I, that I have a roof over my head, that I get to eat and then also feed others. Like I just start off like that. And then literally you can feel the presence of God come into the space that you're in when you come into his courts with thanksgiving because you're showing him gratitude. You're not complaining. You're showing him, Lord, there are things in my life that I could be grateful and thankful for. You are good. And then I just worship. I'll put on some music, some instrumental. I'll just start to sing a song that's on my heart. Or if there's like music and words to the song that I'm listening to, I'll just worship with that for a few minutes. And then I'll start to pray for my day and I'll start to pray for my family's day. And I'll start to pray for my mind and their minds. I pray for protection. And next thing you know, it just starts to bubble out. If you have your prayer language, I start to speak in my heavenly prayer language. And as I speak in tongues, he'll start to show me other people that I need to pray for for the day. Maybe they really needed that. Maybe there's something they're going through, but he'll put them on my heart. I'll pray for them. And then afterwards, I'll write their name down and then I'll check on them later. Hey, you were on my heart in prayer this morning. I prayed for you. Hope everything's all right. Most of the times when I do that, people really needed it. And so then he'll start to show me some things. Maybe I'm in sin in a certain area that I didn't realize, or maybe I said something to somebody, my husband, my kids that was out of line. So then I'll repent for that and then I'll go apologize or do the thing he's telling me to do. And then lastly, I really have been practicing shutting my mind down, shutting all the distractions down of different things that I have to do throughout the day to hear the voice of God on what he's wanted me to do. Lord, what do you want me to do today? What adventure are we going to get into? And then he'll start to show me different things and it looks different all the time. Sometimes he'll say, I want you to write this and I want to give you this idea. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'll start writing that down. And then he'll say, I want you to check on this person. I want you to get this person this and blah, 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 blah. So many different things. And it's never the same. It's always different. And as a mom, if you're a mom out there and you have a really busy life, I understand, I girl, I understand that it's hard to find time. But unless you're a single mom and you have a spouse, like I want to, I'll tell my husband, babe, I really need at least 30 minutes. Ask your husband to watch the kids for 30 minutes while you go upstairs to have time with God. I'm telling you, do not neglect that time. That time is going to be the time where God shows you directions to go into. He gives you insight for your day. He gives you things to say. He gives you things to do. He gives you ideas. He gives you ways to strategically hit your week. You get to put the full armor of God on and you get to dodge the fiery darts that are trying to come your way. There's so many things that stem from that time with God. And I wanted to bring up the whole mom thing because sometimes I get five minutes 
And some people are like, hmm, that ain't enough time. It's so much enough time. And God meets you where you're at. And so I'm like, God, I got five minutes before the kids wake up or before someone needs me. So in these five minutes, Lord, show me. And so I'll start to speak in tongues and pray even 15 minutes. Like there was a woman that instilled this into me that was, it was very profound and very needed for the season I was in when I had little littles. And she said five minutes of praying in your heavenly language, five minutes of listening and journaling anything that God shows you and then five minutes in his word. So for the longest time, that's what I did. And I felt so full, felt so fulfilled. He would even talk to me in that time. And it was enough for me to make it through my day, but enough time to be able to still say, hey, Lord, I'm spending time with you. And I could do that in the car. I could do it at home. I could do it wherever I was because... It doesn't have to be this religious thing where it's the same time, same place every single time. And if you can do that, that's awesome. But some people and some moms and stuff, we're not able to do that in the season. So I wanted to encourage you in that, that you're able to, even if it's five minutes, God will meet you where you're at and you'll still be able to spend that time with him. So that's number one spending time in his presence. Number two is to get in his word. So I used to try to stuff it all in. Like I said, I would do five minutes speaking in tongues, five minutes journaling what I hear, and then five minutes in his word. But as I began to do these podcasts and pour into others and others ask me advice on things, I needed some more understanding of the word and more revelation and getting into the word just to know who my father is so that I can understand myself more and understand what he did and just different things to be able to use the word as a manual for my life. And I needed more than just five minutes. And so sometimes I don't get every single day more than what I want. Sometimes I want to dive into the word longer, but I can't. And so I'll just start with a verse or I'll start with a chapter and just meditate and munch on that throughout the day and declare it. And I'm really learning in this season about declaring and decreeing over my situation and circumstances and the way that I'm I'm meditating on the words and the things that Jesus is showing me in the word is through reading it, meditating on it in my mind, and then speaking it out. So then I'm able to walk it out because I'm constantly speaking that over my day, my circumstances, my family. And it works when you declare and decree the words that you're reading, even if it's just a verse, because some people are like, oh, that's not enough. That is enough to stand on a verse. You could stand on a verse for a whole month because there's so much in the word of God. There's so much revelation, even in one verse, that you're able to munch on that and let that be the sustenance for you, for your day, for your week. And so I really have been trying to take the time to dive into the word. And like I said, with the pres- spending time in his presence, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, or a little longer, I'm really just making it, it more and I'm being more intentional with writing those things down so that I'm able to munch on it, speak it out and walk it out and not just read my Bible just to read it, to say that I read it. That's I'm not trying to check another box off my list. I'm not trying to be religious because in the past I really struggled with being legalistic in that area. So that's number two is spending time in the presence of God is going to help you grow and to help you glow. And It is not anyone else's job but yours to feed, to make sure that you're staying fed. It is not your pastor's job. It is not your husband's job. It is not your mom's job, your family's job, your kid's job. It's nobody else's job but yourself to make sure that you're 
continuing to feed yourself meat so that you're able to grow. Because if you're wanting someone to spoon feed you and to give you milk and to continue to feed you, then you're still in the infancy stage where you're needed to help be babied. But as we grow in Christ and as we mature, if you want to mature and glow and grow, you have to move on from that stage of being spoon fed and being fed from milk. And so this is your reminder, whatever you want to call it, to say, girl, it's time to grow up so that we can glow up. You know, we want to glow up and be a light to those around us. In order to be a light to those around us, we have to come into that mature state of munching on that meat to be able to function, first of all, through day-to-day life. Because that in itself nowadays is a delicacy to where people are like, how you, how are you even adulting and functioning? And it's like, because I got... I'm on God's side. I'm on, I'm in God's army. I got G I'm team Jesus. And so make sure that you're feeding you're you're feeding yourself. You're munching on that meat by spending time in his presence, spending time in his word. And then another thing that I would say that helps the glow up is to start to put others before yourself. And I'm not saying to neglect your self-care because I'm a big advocate for that. Because one thing that is hard for me is to learn how to rest and to take time for myself. But in order to take care of my family and my husband and those around me, I got to be able to take care of myself. I'm not saying to neglect yourself and to neglect the self-care because that's important. What I'm trying to say is we can become we can get to that place where we're too selfish where it's like me 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 i i i nobody else but me myself and i and that's not cute and that is going to hinder your glow up and so if you want to glow up and grow up and be a light to those around us and be that leader that you want to be because all kinds of women are like oh i want to be a leader and i want to be a boss babe and i want to be this this, and that but then you can't even put others before you i don't want to hear it it's like in order to glow up, you got to grow up and you have to be able to put others before yourself. You have to be able to instill faith in others. That's what leaders do. They empower others. They instill faith faith into others and they put themselves before others. A true leader, that's what a true leader does. And so to glow up, if you want to see the hand of God on your life, that's what Jesus did. He served those around him. He even went to the point of getting on his knees and washing the disciples' dirty, nasty feet. You know, them feet were nasty back then. They were stepping on dirt. They were stepping on God only knows what, dung and and uh, bugs and all kinds of stuff that you could imagine. And he got down on his feet and his knees and cleaned their feet. So if Jesus can humble himself to do that, to jump in the trenches with them and to clean their, their feet, his, serv- his disciples' feet, then... As women of God, as leaders, to glow up, to grow up, we can do that for others as well. And it's going to look different for each sphere of influence that you have. Maybe that looks like if you're in your workplace, bringing lunch to somebody one of the days, bringing coffee. Maybe that's you opening the door for somebody and not always trying to be the first one. It could be simple. It could start with that if, if you want like something simple. I know for myself, it looks like someone calling me that maybe I'm not that close to and they're like, Hey, I need help. Could you help me? Or, Hey, I want to hang out. Cause I want to pick your brain on things. And I'm in a busy season and I'm like, yo, I really don't have time to do that. And I'll literally say to my husband, I don't have time to do that. But I know part of ministry and part of being a leader is taking that time out 
to help disciple somebody or help point them to Christ. So there's so many times that I didn't feel like it and then I would go do it and then I'm excited that I did because the other person was empowered and was instilled with faith at the end of the conversation. So it looks like that, taking time out of your day to help somebody else out. And when you start to do that, you start to become kingdom-minded and you start to look more like Christ and reflect him in everything that you say and do. And that's what a true follower of Christ does. A true follower of Christ is obedient to what God says for you to do. And you're serving others and you're spending time in his presence and you're reading his word to know what he's saying. And I want to, I wanted to encourage you in that, that the glow up is real. And you could tell when girls are glowing up because your countenance your face, your fruit, what you're walking in, even what comes out of your mouth is different from the rest when you are making sure that you're growing in Christ. So I hope that this encourages you. And remember that you don't have to be religious with it. It doesn't have to be a set ritual of a certain time every single day. You don't have to just check boxes, check a list off your off of your check a box off of your list because life because life like we have different things that's going on we have kids we have husbands we have friends we have parents and Jesus understands like God understands he will meet you where you're at so it's not anyone else's responsibility. If you spend time in his presence, you spend time in his word and you serve others and be obedient to what he's telling you to do, you're going to have that glow up. And so I hope that this encouraged you to be able to step out and to be conscious of your day-to-day time, to be intentional with your, your days, your months, your weeks, your years. Start to have a vision for your life to be able to say, okay, God, I want to be able to grow and not stay in the same spot that I've been in. Because as godly examples, as women of God, that we're meant to be a light unto others, we want to be able to lead them in the right way and not lead them astray. And so the minute that you stop spending time with God, spending time in his word, putting others before yourself, it's a slow, slippery slope back down to your light being dim, your salt losing its flavor, you looking foolish and a good for nothing person that once was. And so I hope that this helps motivate you and to change your mindset and to remember that you're meant to be salt and light in the world and to light the way for others that are around you in your sphere of influence. So Father God, I pray for each and every woman that's listening to today's podcast. I thank you that we're able to be the salt and light in the world. And we don't really have a choice. It didn't say we have a choice to be all today. I want to be salty. Tomorrow I don't. Today I want to be a light. Tomorrow I don't. No, we're meant to be salt and light in the world to be able to light the way for others. And so I just pray that If anyone's light has been dimmed, if anyone lost their saltiness, I pray that we and you would recognize it so that God, they would allow you to be able to come in and to redim that light so they can burn bright again for others to see and to want to be like them so that they could be like you and be pointed back to you. And I just pray that the saltiness, the flavor of the salt would be restored as well, Father. I pray that we wouldn't even get to that point 
of our light being dim because we know that we're able to grow in you to grow so that we can be able to glow. And I just pray that you would give us methods that work specifically for our schedules, that you would show us ways that we can incorporate you without being religious, but that we can incorporate you and put you first so that we're able to have a strategic plan for our lives the way that you want it to be, not the way that we want it to be, Father. And I just pray that you would continue to give us a hunger and thirst for the word of God, to give us a hunger and thirst for more of you, the things of you, to give us a hunger and a thirst to want to pursue you in everything that we do. And I just pray that as we do these things, as we continue to dive in to all the things that you have for us, that our lights would shine so bright that we're able to be a witness for you and bring glory to your name at the end of the day. And I thank you for this time. I thank you for where you planted us to be a light in that environment, in this season, and that you would help us to stay focused on what our assignment is in that place. And I thank you for each and every woman. I pray that they have a great week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to speak life always, and I will catch you next week. Bye.